Welcome to the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the exploration and cultivation of the outside genius found in neurodivergence. Hello, Gifted Neurodivergents. Welcome to the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast. This week, we're discussing the career path for gifted neurodivergence because the career path is going through massive change right now. And I want to talk about what the future career path is and what the current career path is and a little bit about the past career path. I also had a bunch of things happen this week that's played into this, which is how it led me to this particular topic. My son, one of his best friends, has been in the hospital on suicide watch. He came out for a little bit, but he's back in again. And we're all very upset. This young man is a typical gifted neurodivergent but he is a humanities gifted neurodivergence. I'm not so sure that he's aware of his true giftedness because the humanities are not really measured properly on purpose because they don't really want us coming in and mucking it up with all this healthy stuff, but he doesn't know where his place in the world is. He's very bright and he's trying to get in in a science and math side and he hates it and he can't figure out why. So he dropped out of college he's broken. He can't find his place in the world. He compares himself to his brother who is a science and math kid and he's not comparing in his mind. He has a lot of financial support, but not a lot of emotional support. And I don't think people realize that the emotional support is almost even more valuable for those of us who are so sensitive. So this young man is wallowing right now because he cannot find his place in the world and he cannot see a path for it. And quite honestly, there isn't one. At the same time, I'm taking my daughter to get her testing for advanced placement in college, and she didn't even go to high school. She took classes for some things, but she really breezed through it pretty much on her own study. And she took the test, and she placed advanced placement in everything, math and language. The irony and the sad part for me is that she isn't particularly language talented, if you ask me. She doesn't care much for it. And if you were to give her a problem and say, hey, write four sentences about why a dog doesn't want to cross the road or does want to cross the road, she'd write, the dog wanted to cross the road because there was food on the other side of the road and the dog was hungry. And that is why the dog wanted to cross the road. And she would get an A on that, even though she's in college. (laughs) Whereas I would write, how would you know the dog would want to cross the road? I've never seen a dog that willingly crossed the road. The cars are scary. The traffic could kill it. The dog does not want to cross the road. The dog is compelled to cross the road for some reason bigger than that dog. We should not assume a dog would want to cross the road. And I would get a C or a D or an F on it. Because at the same age, I never understood why we had the perspective that we knew what a dog wanted. That is the difference between a humanities and a math science kid. Our entire system is set up for the math science kids. The English talent is recognized from a math science perspective brain. It does not seek for creativity. And in math and science, they eliminate the creativity by making it 2D so that you are just regurgitating it in a way that says, yes, I know this about this animal or fungi or whatever you're doing or math problem. But in that, I know that we struggle, my daughter, who's a math savant, a little bit, myself and my children to our humanities a little bit more, because we have to reverse engineer all of the algebra parts. My daughter scored the lowest score, still advanced, still advanced placement for the algebra section. She said to me it was very tiring on her brain because she couldn't really be sure which question it was the answer. 
So she picked the two that she knew were closest and then she reverse engineered it. I was like, yep, that's pretty much what I did for all of my math. That is completely due to the spatial giftedness that we possess. We don't see math in 2D, we see it in multi-dimensions. We don't see life in 2D, we see it in multi-dimensions. Luckily for her, she knows how to do it in 2D because that's just concise and easiest and it makes her brain tired when she's doing language. Not so for me, my brain gets energized and so then I make you something you didn't ask for and you tell me I'm wrong. I'm not wrong, my perspective is different. My perspective is higher. It always been very, very an outlier perspective and I've been told my whole life I am wrong for it. And this young man is in the hospital right now for having pretty much the same thing. This is wrong, it's really wrong. And our children should not be subjected to torture every day, day in and day out in their education and in their careers just because they're not average. These children are exceptional. This young man is exceptional. Being average is just being average. Why would we not want to promote those who are deep thinkers? We don't. We want to promote those who are followers, those who listen and do as bidded to do. I watch time and time again people I know who are brilliant be marginalized, be stuck in a corner. I know so many average people who will take someone like me, someone like my daughter, someone like my children and my husband and so many of my friends and will give them a position that is consulting or give them a position that will leverage their gifts and the things they do under the claim that they're not very good communicators or they're not very good at people. This is utter bullcrap. Literally, as someone who's very good at people, this is utter bullcrap. We constantly are being marginalized because people see our giftedness and they're like, ooh, if I can milk this person for all their talent, then they will make me look great and I will run screaming up the ladder. And that is what happens. That was happens over and over and over again. There is no track for those of us who are extremely gifted. There's no track for those of us who are extremely creative. We are just left to wallow. And because we're so smart, we can see that we're being left to wallow and we end up incredibly depressed because there's no way to break out of it. This young man doesn't want to go to college and give his gifts away in an area that A, that doesn't energize him, or B, in an area that does, and they just go to somebody who's above him and he's never given the recognition. He's just worn out and then spit out and destroyed. I'm sitting across from this woman who's done my daughter's advanced placement testing. And she's like, you're so fortunate. Your child is so smart. She's so talented. She has so much potential. If she only knew how that really manifests out in the real world, it does not manifest as so much potential. It manifests as so much manipulation, so much cornering, so much oppression. I can't stand it. And so what I'm doing is trying to give her a chance in hell that I did not have because we realize she is this talented. The same for her brother and sister. I realize they are this talented, but the only way they're going to make it through to any sort of comfort, any sort of security, any sort of ability that really gets to showcase their skill set is if they make it because there is no path for the creatives. For the people who are independent thinkers, we just oppress them. We pretend that they're not supposed to be that way. And they get asked every day, what is wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with them. They are brilliant. They are the future. They are what we need to have cultivated so that they can figure out ways to move through the world that will fix what we currently have broken. We are not doing that. We are just breaking them. And so we are seeing more and more rises in the children who are self-harming, in multitudes of ways. I was once one of those kids. It is not okay. 
We are not changing. We're not making it better. And I can go through the internet and find article after article of saying, why is our schools not changing for good? It's not going to change because we have too much driving down that way. This is why civilizations collapse. They pick a path, a path that is detrimental to more and more people as they go further and further down that path. And eventually they knock out all the brightest people, all the most sensitive people, all the people who would create change for good. And they're left with a psychopathic engine. And I hate to say it, but that's where we're at. And you are the most capable of breaking away and making it work for you. I have all of the disability you're talking about out there. I have it and I can work it so that it doesn't look like it on the outside, but it exhausts me. And so then I burn out. Is it a disability if you can do it without showing it? Yes, because you're still tired for it. My brain does not like working in the details and the nuance of repetitive things. It likes to create. It likes novel. I have a savant brain, and my savant brain does not focus on what I already know. It chunks it, sticks it in the back, and it focuses on the new. I need to be learning. I need to be growing. I love new. I love creating. It's what's natural for me. I can create all day. Now, I know average people, when you're asking them to create, they get tired. And the worst thing that is out there that makes me upset is that we have actual statistics. We have actual reports and research papers and gifted consultants telling us that people with high IQs are not naturally creative. And I'm going to post two articles up there on this. The best article I found out representing this was this Nick Skillicorn guy who does innovation, creativity, innovation, creativity is a consultant on this. And he is absolutely wrong on it, which is fantastic. And he says, do you need to be intelligent in order to be a creative, the threshold theory, he does keynote speaking, consulting, innovation, strategy, program delivery, creative leadership and workshops. And he is obviously not profoundly gifted or even highly gifted. And here he is trying to teach people that those with an IQ of over 180 are not creative. It's almost that you can't be creative because you're so intelligent. What horse crap. No, Nick, that's not how it works. This is how it really works. Those who have IQs of over 180 or over 120, as another one says, we are so smart. If you're not really even testing for it, we've been eliminated from the system because they were only looking for bright. They were not looking for the profoundly gifted. They were looking for the moderately gifted, for people who were still pliable. We are not pliable. We create our own things, our own way. That's where our billions comes from. But the problem is, is we go into the system and we are so sensitive and we're so aware and we know and are trying to please and we're trying to do the job that we're asked of us as very little children. They drive out of us the ability to see the perspective of themselves. When they ask us what we think, we no longer give our opinion because our opinion is wrong. Our opinion is told we're wrong. We see the wrong thing and you're the wrong person. So we get quiet and we try to read you and give you the answer you're looking for. So this stupid researcher did this test and they found that the profoundly gifted children, those with 180 IQs, and first test was 120, higher than 120, did not have any creativity because they only gave them the one they gave. And they even said that the children were too afraid to give higher ones. Yes, that would be the key words. The children are too afraid. Let me give you an example in my own life. I have two incredibly creative young ladies in my household, and they are flipping out when I ask them to do something that they have not done before. 
the most recent one was I asked my daughter to put her pictures up on the wall. This is the 14 year old. We have hundreds of paintings that she has done. I was like, can you put these up on a collage or something on the wall and some sort of gallery wall? Because they're just sitting collecting dust in the closet and I would really like to see them. And she doesn't know what a gallery wall is. And she said, no, I would rather not. I said, well, how about you do it anyways? Because we need to put them out. And this is something that you'll learn in art school and you should just start practicing it now. Plus, this is about the perfect example you could get, the most perfect example you can get of using math and art together. Because literally you have to create geometric sections that are even and balance it out. And then you have color and you have design theory. So why don't you do that? Could you do that for me? And could you do that for yourself? Because it's something that they literally spend an entire class for when you go to art school. And she's like, okay. So after much throwing things and loudness and actually tears because she was so frustrated, I said, did you look at the Pinterest things I sent you? And she said, no, I don't know what that means. I don't know what this is. And so we went and sat and looked at them. And then she was like, oh. And so she went and she didn't do any of the things we looked at. She did her own thing and it was beautiful. But what she needed was that part that she already knew. She didn't know how to do it from the beginning because she has been trained by the system to not trust herself. But once she gets some inspiration, as I've said before a million times, we are prompt driven, then she'll go and create her own thing. When you have to create something for someone else, you need context. We are multidimensional thinkers and they do not give us context. They give us partial context, they give 2D. And then we're like, oh no, we're gonna screw this up because we see so many perspectives. I'll give you another example. My youngest has to write every day and she gets very stressed by this because they give her these lame prompts that are like, what do you think about this orange tabby cat? And she's like, I don't, I don't think about that. The thing is, is we have so much emotion and all of those emotions are there to funnel, fuel and provide our artistic creativity. But we're told that we're not allowed to use them. And so I keep telling her school, please allow her to use the emotion. The emotion is where you get the well of incredible depth that she has. Well, they didn't believe me, but then she took her test and then, oh my God, this kid's really smart. Yes, yes, that's what I kind of said, but all right, sure, whatever. So now they're caring about her emotion. Emotions are the key people. Our emotions are our depth of capacity. We have to bring them up. This oppression of our emotions is there to keep the hierarchy and oppress us because we can see. Emotions give us the big picture. You cannot keep our emotions out or we will have no creativity. We vomit creativity when we bring up our emotions. We are the most prompt-driven people you'll ever meet in your life. I cannot believe that they have the audacity to put this stuff up there. Please, for the love of God, trust your children, trust yourself. You know how you move through the world. There's nothing wrong with your emotions. Your emotions are your genius. We hear this, but we really don't fully understand how much our emotions are, how we actually filter. We filter with our emotions. We think with our emotions. We feel with our emotions. Everything is between our brain's different parts between our subconscious and our conscious, it is all brought back and forth with our emotion. We are our emotions. Do not let them go the wrong way. Do not let them poison us against ourselves. Our emotions are there because they're supposed to be there. But we're taught that we aren't supposed to feel that and they're giving drugs to us and they're making us feel less than. Our emotions are actually how we see the full context of the world. 
if you go into your emotions and I wrote something on LinkedIn, they gave me some weird thing saying, Hey, why don't you put your opinion on here? People seem to like it. I'm like, okay, sure. And they kept asking how to handle your emotions. And I'm like, you don't handle them. You invite them. You go into them. There's no handling of emotions. Emotions are a part of you and you're supposed to embrace them. They said, well, what about when you're stressed out? I said, when I'm stressed out, I allow the emotions to just be that stress. That stress has a purpose. It's my body trying to say, here's a message. And sometimes I'm supposed to be speaking in front of people and I get up there and my voice cracks. It chokes. I choke. But what comes after that choke is the most brilliant thing I'd never thought of. The worst, most horrible event of your emotion dropping you, making you look foolish after that is what comes up this well of genius. So if you can get over that, if you can get over your voice cracking, you can get over your knees knocking, you can get over your heart pounding, and you just take it and like, yep, bring it up, then everything is there. Everything that you have that's your genius is there. I can't tell you, I lose like in a trance. And the stuff that comes up, people are like, whoa, where did that come from? You're like, I don't know. I never thought of it before, but it came up here right now. And that's out there. So let's go on it. I don't do a podcast script. I just sit down here and I feel, and this comes out. And this is what I would like you to realize is that you are powerful because of what you feel. They are wrong about us. They are half their brain is functioning. Every animal in the world that's free has full on emotion because that's how they know how to stay safe. And we need to get back in touch with our emotion because we are about to go into a time where the only thing that will keep us alive is our ability to sense what's around us and process it. You have to connect your emotions and your intellect. That's what genius is. It's been denied us. And then this threshold theory of creativity exactly is like telling us that we don't know ourselves and that we have to listen to people less intelligent on how we move through the world. No, 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 no. You are brilliant. You need to trust yourself. You need to connect your emotions and intellect. And then you will no longer be depressed. You'll be empowered. You will be so powerful. You will be so clear. You will be me yelling into this little microphone trying to get the world on the same page. This is what I would like to build, a world of us on the same page, because we are the future and everybody will join us eventually if they survive the trauma that's coming. They will be joining us because this is the only way to survive. This is also the only way to thrive. We cannot stay in a system that is oppressing us. It's no purpose there. Why would we go there? Why do we have that as the only choice? We're brilliant. We can figure this out. I will put you on this podcast for free. I will put you on this and give you a platform. All you have to do is contact me. All I want to do is give each other a platform and we connect and we build each other's abilities and we push each other and we grow each other and we help each other's families because the truth is we need each other. We've been denied each other. We've been denied our own intelligence and it's time to take back our power and our intellect and our abilities. The problem is, is in the system, we break. We do not reach our full potential. And that's what's happening right now with this young man. He is not going to compete. We do not compete. We create new. We're not interested in competing with others. This is life isn't a contest for us. Life is a creation for us. What we want to do is get our space, understand our way of moving through the world, and just do it. We cannot be left alone, though, because everyone has to be funneled into the engine of production. We are part of that production, but we are not ever allowed to do it in the manner that we best do it. You need us for the future, and yet you cannot help but try to control and oppress us. It's mind-boggling, and this is why society will fall. But 
for those of us who are creative, and it is falling, it is opportunity. In the past, I chose to be a consultant. I went into technology and I wanted to be a consultant. I wanted to do that because I saw the healthiest families around me run by parents who were in a niche, who knew that they didn't fit into the system. And so they went and became consultants. They went and came back in from the outside and gave this big perspective or little tiny perspective, but they gave an outside perspective. And that was what their value was. That seems to be going away. I am struggling with many people who are trying to find their niche and they are incredibly brilliant, knock your socks off, brilliant. And yet they cannot find roles for themselves because they want to stay outside the system because the monotony and the sameness and the politics and the games exhaust them because they're honest people, they're kind people, they're good people, and they're really tired of having to navigate the psychopathy to make a living. We are honest people. I get very frustrated when people are not honest with me. I am tired of going to lawsuits because I have done my part and the other person's like, well, now sue me. I have more money than you. That's exhausting. That's tiring. That's a waste of my energy and time and all the love I have for the thing I was doing. What we can do, though, is we can learn to create from the outside. If we were to make a guild, sort of like SAG, for just gifted neurodivergence who do not do well on the inside fighting the fight, we could create a safe community for us where we work together, we collaborate, and we build our own thing. This is what I see in the future. We are going to drop our insurance because insurance is getting so expensive that you can't even have insurance. In Florida, I was paying more for my insurance on the family than I was paying for my house, my five-bedroom mortgage. In Florida, I was paying more for house insurance than I was paying for two car payments. It is getting astronomical. And Florida and California will be the two first places to check and watch them fall. People will be owning land outright and they will not be able to get loans because they will not be able to get insurance. And nobody's going to give you money if you don't or cannot get insurance. Our future is going to be about building collectives. Our future is going to be about helping people come outside of the system because it's collapsing and it's strangling the brightest and most sensitive right now, literally strangling them in more ways than one. This isn't okay, but this is just the way societies rise and fall. And we can lament it and we can cry and mourn it, but we have to also get up and go and do something about it. And that's exactly why I'm here saying this. We have a beautiful opportunity. AI is going through a winter or AI has failed or AI is not really so great. This is all lies. It isn't so great for the neurotypicals. And this is what I said. It will not be that useful for them but it will be incredibly useful for us. I already have downloaded my copy and I am training it to meet my needs, to compensate for my weaknesses or the things that make me most tired. It is going to proofread my stuff for me. It is going to help me organize and put them because my perspective seeing is so deep and so great and so wide that I can see too many and I need help maintaining to stay on a single one. Those are kind of minor things, but they're huge when you are on a time crunch. They're huge when you are doing something consistent and you see too many different perspectives. The future is actually quite bright for the gifted neurodivergence. It's the present that sucks. And I'm really sorry about this. And I want you to know that if you can focus on preparing for it, if you can focus on building your own AI, there are free ones out there that we can build that are private, that you can put your material in. And even if you don't have access to it just yet, or you can't set it up right now, build that material and then train it for you. And then you'll have three or four of you operating 
so you can compensate, so you can relax, so you can work the system and make it work for you. We've had a really bad run of it. We've been treated very poorly, but we are the most prepared for the future. I keep seeing articles on creativity and I keep seeing all these things about how creativity is the future, even though right now, nobody's interested in you being creative. They want you to just produce and shut up, be quiet and do your job. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's happening. But it's in this big run up to the breaking part. It's this big run up to you leaving and starting your own way. And you will be forced out or you can leave willingly. But being forced out isn't horrible. I've done it. And I felt like, okay, I got a little bit of time off thanks to the layoff. And it was paid for and it helped me cover that gap. But I retooled because that's my nature. And that's your nature. And if you need some help figuring out, that's what I'm here for. If you need to be connected with others, that's what I'm here for. What I want for us is to connect, collectively make a better place for all of us. Because once we get something started for us, everyone else will come over because it's pretty bad for everyone. Please take care of your children and take care of each other. We are so many out there so depressed and so upset and so unable to see the future. And that's why I'm doing this podcast, because I don't want any more people being in the hospital worried about whether or not you're going to have enough will to keep going. The world is not a bad place for us. It's getting better, actually. It sucks. It's not great, but it's getting better. And if you join with people like you, We can figure out anything because we are brilliant. We are the most talented and we are the most able to function well when the world is changing as fast as the change is coming. It's right around the corner. It's already here. We're just waiting for everybody else to wake up and realize it. I know you see it. I feel it. I know you feel it too. It's here. It will start with the insurance, then the banking, and it's just going to topple down after that. All we need to do is figure out a new way. If we can build our own insurance collectives, we can build our own way of moving to the world. I'm having people come on that will talk about the micro banking and other things that are out there. If you look at Greece, Greece is a perfect example of how when the big guys topple and the country goes to ruin, it grows back from the bottom and it's beautiful. We know how to create. We know how to build and make. That is our gift. And we will figure it out no matter what happens. I'm going to include in my podcast notes a list of things that I found online, which when society collapses, like the bare minimum of things to need to know how to do. It won't hurt you to start taking up hobbies. And if any of these interest you, go into them. You don't know what the future holds. Do I think it will be totally full collapse? I really can't say, but it is quite possible. Somebody asked me online, will it be Mad Max? I'm like, I don't know. Have you been reading the IPCC report for 2022? I was crying when I read it. If you read Global Climate Change or Climate Change, What You Need to Know, that book I'll put also in the links, it will make your ears bleed. If you listen to it on tape, if you read it, your eyes will bleed. Shocking how bad the future is. We have to not be focused so much on the present and realize the big picture is going to change drastically and it will elevate you and elevate your gifts and elevate our need of you in the world. So please hold on, hold on, because you are important and we need you. Thanks for listening. I hope this was valuable. You guys take care.
The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent Gifted NT Incorporated, Lillian Skinner, or the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast. This podcast, Lillian Skinner, and Gifted ND Incorporated are not responsible and do not verify the accuracy of the information contained in this podcast series. The primary purpose of this podcast is to inform and educate. The Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast is only available for private, non-commercial use. Any other use of the information contained within this podcast must be done with express written approval and knowledge of Lillian Skinner. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute any part of this podcast. The developer assumes no liability for this podcast or its use on any other podcast or other media.